Hey everybody, welcome back to Boozy Bracketology, the podcast that believes in strong drinks, strong opinions, and crowning champions. And tonight we're going to kind of do one of those things. We're going to pick the winner of the 80s drama and prestige category to see which one, which movie is going under the main bracket. We've got our panelists together. Let's start in Chicagoland, Illinois. Jeremy Goodson, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? Oh, I am doing good. Um, the There were some hard choices uh, last time, and uh, this week's not going to get any easier. So uh, let's get right into it, I guess. Uh, I am drinking, uh, just like last time, working my way through this uh, Freedom of Speech, S-P-E-A-C-H, uh, from Revolution Brewing uh, here in Chicago. It is a sour ale. It is really good. Um, and because I'd already popped that earlier, I am going to just pop the uh, LaCroix that I'm also sitting on uh, here. We'll get a can pop. It's a good pop, too. Yeah, it did pop pretty good. We'll take that. Next, we're going to head out to the land down under. Natalie, my friend, how are you doing? What are you drinking tonight? Today, um, this morning. This morning. Oh, we've just ticked over into afternoon, early afternoon now. So um, I'm doing very well. I'm very, I don't know if nervous is the right word. We've got a lot of difficult choices coming up, and I think there's only one looking at them that that I don't have a question in my mind which way I'm planning to vote. So it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be looking to um, blend in with all of you guys to to help form these decisions because I think they're going to be very difficult. And so wanting to keep a clear head, I'm going a la naturelle. I've got some good old water. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, we got some tough decisions. You know I can't make those without my podcast buddy, Mike. Mike, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? Chris, I'm doing great. Uh, I, I'm kind of taking the opposite strategy of Natalie. Uh, I'm looking ahead at these, these uh, choices and going, you know what I need? <laughs> Because <laughs> these are some genuinely difficult decisions. Uh, but fortunately, uh, I've got an old friend here, actually a new friend, because I just picked up this beer this weekend. I already had one, and it's a very good beer. It's actually a Doppelbach style. It's called the Low and Slow. It's from West, Bro- Bro- West Brook Brewing Company. Uh, it is 8.2% alcohol by volume, which will definitely do the trick. Uh, Westbrook, I've had many of their beers before. They're always a good standby for me. And uh, man, I don't know where I'm going on most of these. Uh, I'm I'm kind of glad that I've got uh, my fellow panelists here to provide their insights and help help us make this decision because this is this is a lot of dif- difficult choices up ahead. It is going to make we are going to make some difficult decisions, but uh, I know who's more than capable of making those decisions. Right to your left, my right, Nikki. How you doing? What are you drinking? Huh, I'm doing pretty good. It's it's late for me. I'm not gonna lie. Like I have little kids, so it's like it feels like it's three in the morning. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm doing good. I agree. These are some tough decisions to make. Um, I decided I was I was just gonna have some water, but then I decided, oh, I maybe need to like try to wake up, so I got something fizzy. So I have just a Corona extra, just to kind of get me through. So. Hey, there you go. That'll work. That'll work. (laughs) Last but not least, Scott, my friend, up in Connecticut. How are you doing, sir, and what are you drinking? I am doing great. I agree with everyone. Even though it didn't make the bracket, we are faced with the Sophie's Choice of 
bracketology here. This is going to be t- tough evening. Um, I, I'm, you know, because uh, I haven't really gotten through much of it. I'm still with my Jamesons just to sip because I, I, I'm so. <laughs> I just, I, I'm, I've been bamboozled and frightened by some of the comments, and like we we have to watch more movies if we're going to do this. <laughs> That's all I got to tell you. Uh, and let's everyone, let's all just go out and watch Ron together. Ron together. Yeah, we'll just do that. Well, if I ever if I end up ever end up single and I'm creating a dating profile, my logline will be bamboozled and frightened. Yeah. <laughs> And Daniel J. Lewis, if you're out there, we're still I'm still waiting. <laughs> this is a beer that I won at a fundraiser for a friend of mine who's having a really just battling a, a really rough case of cancer. So Liana, praying for you, my friend. Um, this we did a fundraiser for. I'm very happy to say we we're able to raise something along the lines of like seventeen thousand dollars for her in support of her and her her fight. A uh, woman is a fighter to the to, tooth and nails, one of the toughest women I've ever met. Um, but this is called the Other West Coast IPA. Uh, it is from Escape Brewing right here in, uh, I believe they're up in, is it, what is that little area called up there? Up near Trinity. I forget what that area is actually called, but it's in the Trinity area in Tampa Bay. Let's take a take a gander here. Okay, that's weird because it's very hoppy up front and then a very, very smooth finish at the end. Okay. This is going to be a good recording. Sounds like Australia, very hoppy and smooth. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> all at the same no, time. No comment. No comment. <laughs> and then the emus came. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started on the pronunciation of of that particular bird, because we say emu. 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 Yes. It's emu. Correct. Right? I did. We we actually lived in the states um, a few years ago for a couple of years, and and I got into many a debate with with my American friends about the pronunciation of that word. But that is for another day. <laughs> well, the bare naked ladies taught me it is emu as well, so I probably butchered that. But I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. So who was it, that it, puppeteer who had the emu? Remember the puppeteer who had the emu? He had that weird. He, he, oh, maybe yes, I and that. I don't remember I what it was. Like I'm thinking. Like now I'm picturing it. it. Yeah, he pronounced it emu, and that's why I say emu. <laughs> Y'all are way smarter than me. I was going to say, and we're just going to quietly forget about all the things that I'm probably pronouncing incorrectly in your eyes um, with everything that I say. <laughs> oh, Mike, she made an in your eyes reference. I, I was literally about to bust out into Peter Gabriel. I forgot to mention Peter Gabriel's score for The Last Temptation of the Christ in the previous round. That was interesting. Oh, anyway. that's right. We're going we're gonna to jump right in. Jeremy, you're kicking us off here. Um, our 16 seed play in game knocked out Henry the fifth in the first round. That is Steel Magnolias, the eight seed. It's up against his parenthood. Pass. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, it's it's funny that it kind of came down to the, the, these two because uh, I'm going to make a very similar comment that I made last time. You've got the very adult comedy versus the kind of family-friendly comedy. Dramedy, I guess, would be the more correct term. Um, and this one. And, God, the, just the cast of Steel Magnolias is so good. Sally Field, the, Dolly Parton, Shirley MacLaine. I'm trying to remember everybody I named last time. Um, Daryl Hannah, uh, Tom Skerritt, uh, Dylan McDermott, not Dermot Mulroney. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> Sam <laughs> Shepard. Uh, but I, I, anybody who knows what that that joke, you get it. Um, it's always been a thing that everybody gets them confused, but there was an SNL skit about it too that was just hilarious. Um, anyway, such a good movie. Really funny. I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. Um, just off the top of my head. But then there's Parenthood. And I think this is a nostalgia thing for me because, again, it's got the a lot of like 80s comedy powerhouses in it. You've got Steve Martin. you got Rick Moranis, Mary Steenburgen. Um, you've got Keanu Reeves in there as the boyfriend of the daughter. Um, it is just a funny movie. And again, I saw that a lot more as a kid. Uh, I didn't see Steel Magnolias until later for good reason. But... I think there's something about the nostalgia of Parenthood, and I really—I'm a big Steve Martin fan. I have seen it almost everything's in, except for <laughs> I have yet to watch Only Murders in the Building, for whatever <laughs> reason. It is on my list, um, but I have watched almost everything he's been in and enjoyed it all. Um, I think for that reason alone, and like I said, the nostalgia with it, I'm going to give the first vote to Parenthood, and I don't think it's going to make it that that way down the list. But that, that's getting my vote on this one. Well, Parenthood's got its first vote. Natalie, over to you. I agree. This is a really, really difficult one for me. I think both movies sort of press all the same buttons. There's the there's the heartfelt stuff. There's the funny stuff. There's the bit of drama in there as well and, and very much focused on the families, the relationships, the sort of how things unfold over a snapshot of, of the lifetimes of these people. Um, I'm really, really glad that I've gone second and not fourth or fifth in this one, uh, because I can, I can sort of cast my vote and then sit back and see what happens. And I don't think I'll be sad either way. I won't be sad either way because both of these movies are really good. Um, I think when I was really agonizing over it and thinking, which way am I going to go? I, I enjoy them both equally. This is not a choice of, one over, the, one over the other from that perspective. The bit that made me decide is I think in Steel Magnolias the emotions are a little bit more intense. I think you laugh a little bit harder and you cry a little bit harder. So for that reason and that reason only, it's just sneaking into my vote over parenthood. But, again, I won't be unhappy whichever way this one turns out. You know, we got a one-to-one tie. We're going to move this over to Mike. I'm... I'm torn because I think, I think both of these are great movies. Both of these are movies I, I enjoy immensely and uh, I wouldn't, I'm not complaining if either of these movies would move on, but I'm slightly leaning in one direction. The only reason I don't want to fully allow myself to tip over is I already know which way my wife's going to vote or I'm pretty sure I already know which way my wife's going to vote. So I don't necessarily want to, I be, I effectively know that depending on which way I vote, it's either going to seal it for Steel Magnolias or give Parenthood a fighting chance. I, I genuinely enjoy both these movies. Uh, it's been it's been a while since I've seen Parenthood, as I mentioned in the last episode, but uh, it's fantastic. And all of the all of those actors are actors that I think part of part of this I think is a little bit as expectations to me because when I watched Parenthood, I fully expect I was like this movie's going to be right up my alley. Like I, I'm just going to enjoy this because it's so many actors that I like. And I, I know it's going to have, it's going to bring the humor. It's going to bring the heart and it does all those things. It does all those things very well. 
when I sat down to watch Steel Magnolias, it, it has this reputation of of being, and, and and as I will probably become clear <laughs> what I'm saying, I think it's an unfair reputation of being kind of this like, you know, chick flick sort of thing, for lack of a better way of, of putting it, you know? Like it's it's a it, but because I I don't know if that's just because the the main characters are predominantly women and stuff like that. I think as as Scott alluded to the the actual play, it's only women. They don't even have they don't even have men in the cast, which honestly w- would still work. I did. I figured I wouldn't. I didn't think I would hate it. I did not expect to enjoy that movie as much as I did. It's a it's a genuinely great movie. It makes you, as Natalie said, it makes you laugh. It makes you cry. The emotional extremes are there sometimes in the same scene, which is just an, an amazing acrobatic act to pull as much as I really do like parenthood. I think, I think steel Magnolias is the better film for me. It's the, it's the 16 seed playing game. Keep the Cinderella rolling. All right, Nikki, over to you. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that these two movies are up against each other because, you know, at the heart, it's about like, you know, family and, you know, friends and and your, you know, your people, your village. Um, You know, parenthood, I think. Sorry, Bassett Health. Um, You know, I'm in agreement. Like anything with Steve Martin, I'm just going to love and enjoy. I mean, he is just a cut above everybody in in a sense with, with his acting. I just, I just love everything he's in, but I mean, all the, all the acting was great in Parahood. I mean, all the, all the characters were complex and it definitely had this sort of like, you know, it was in the eighties, but it's, you know, kind of that modern day parenting, like how to deal with, you know, all of that, you know, all these things being thrown at you that you're not sure what to do. So I appreciated that about the movie and, you know, and still Magnolia's, it is. It's just about this community coming together and having your people and figuring it out. Uh, you know, for me, Steel Magnolias, that's a movie that me and my mom watched, I mean, every year, multiple times a year. That was just our thing that we did. We love Steel Magnolias. Um, but and I and I and I've seen the play version. And it's it's actually one of these cases where very rarely do I enjoy the movie more than the play. <laughs> Um, but I think Steel Magnolias, just even bringing in those extra characters, like bringing in the men, they did it so well. They, they came in and they were good characters and you, you know, they were all completely dumb sometimes and you were, you know, I mean, which is true to life. Well, I mean, you know, because that was, you know, but at the same time, like the little interactions they had, because they weren't even big parts, but they all kind of had their own thing. So I just felt like every, no character was lost in Steel Magnolias for me. Um, everybody had their their time to shine. So I, I, I think as a character study and everything like that, it's just such a great film. I'm going to have to pick Steel Magnolias, even though I do really love Parrothood. I think Steel Magnolias is, is the better story in film. All right, Scott, did we get this one right? Uh, well, uh, Mike, w- which one did you go with? I've, I'm sorry, I've lost the thread. I, I went with Steel Magnolias. Oh, it's three to one. Yeah, they, which, Steel uh, Magnolias. Well, I have to say, which uh, surprised me, because earlier you had mentioned Amadeus, and 
Uh, he's in he's in Parenthood. Tom Holst is in Parenthood. Oh, that's right. He is. You're absolutely <laughs> he right. He plays yep. the, the son, the ne'er do well son. That's Tom yep, Holst, that's right. who also played Amadeus. Um, and uh, so, and uh, we, let us not forget, because uh, when we were talking about Hannah and her sisters before, uh, Diane Weist is is the mother. That's how you say her name, Diane Weist. Um, she was the mom, and Martha Plimpton was the daughter. And actually, I think I think Hannah Reeves and her were actually dating at the time in real life. So, hmm. um, you know, it's a wonderful cast. That's the thing. They're both wonderful casts. You have two movies that really are equal in that sense of that. Uh, that the, whoever was in Hollywood casting at the time did did a really good job in both films. Um, I love Steve Martin. I love Mary Steenbridge. I love everything about Parenthood. It's it, they're both infinitely watchable. Uh, that all being said, I uh, I just have a closer affinity, I think, to Steel Magnolias, and uh, we can leave it with probably Weezer's best line is that. Uh, you know, Claire says uh, Weezer's never done a religious thing in her life, and Weezer counters with that. That's not true. When I was in school, a bunch of my friends and I would dress up as nuns and go bar hopping. <laughs> um, so I thought that was very appropriate for our show. And she says it while sitting in the pew of a church. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> that's where that line is set. Uh, so, um, and you know. Also, the whole thing about Steel Magnolias, the end, when Daryl Hannah finally comes out with a line. They turned to her and said, "Good for you, smoke spoken like a true smartass." And that's ex- that's the whole thing of that movie. You, you to get through life, man. Sometimes you just got to be a smartass. That's how my father raised me <laughs> to be a smartass, and uh, it gets me in trouble a lot. But uh, I go with Steel Magnolias. Well, Steel Magnolias is moving on to the next round. We're moving on to our next pick, Natalie. We're starting with you. The twelve seed is Gandhi. The 13 seed is Rain Man. Two upsets continuing their run. Where are you going? Okay. So I, I, I really did love Gandhi. I really enjoyed it and probably unexpectedly so. Um, I, think, I think that it's a, a really special film and certainly has its place in cinematic history. But Rain Man is just... It's just everything that you want it to be, I think. And... and one of the things I sort of think about in making these decisions, like if I had a conversation with someone outside of of you guys and we were talking about 80s movies, which one of these is going to come up? And Rain Man most likely will come up at some point in that conversation. I'm not sure that, that Gandhi will. So with no negativity towards Gandhi as a film, I think Rain Man is just a, a spectacular film and I really want to see it move on. It's getting my vote. Rain Man's got a 1-0 lead. Mike? Yes, yeah, so we got a, a matchup of Best Picture winners here, uh, and and very different Best Picture winners. This is tough because I love a good good biopic, a good historical drama, and I love a good character study. And so both of these movies kind of tickle different or scratch different itches, I guess, for me. Um, and I know I voted I voted against. I get against Rain Man last time in uh, in favor of Ran, uh, partially because I had a sneaking suspicion I might be the only one, and partially there's probably a little bit of recency bias because I've seen Ran so much more recently, and I do think it's a fantastic film. But I, I hope I didn't in any way sell Rain Man short because Rain Man is absolutely a fantastic movie that really sticks with you, and I think where I'm going to give Rain Man the the edge here as much as i do enjoy and appreciate gandhi as a as a film 
is is in in two places. Not number number one, as, as has been alluded to. Gandhi's just really long. It's it's a great movie. It's it's never boring per se, but it's just it's it's a long movie to sit through. Rain, and Rain Man, you know, pops on along about it ends up in about a two hour clip. The second thing that Rain Man does in a better way than Gandhi is it does uh, through all, even though it is a very, it's telling a very poignant and dramatic story. There's a lot of really funny moments in that. Um, I think, I think it was Scott alluded to last time about the scene in the, the scene and where he farts in the phone booth. That was just, and that's just improv. And so, and sometimes, you know, it, it, serendipity just sort of happens in these movies, but that's just, a, that's just a great, fantastic scene. These are both great movies. I think Rain Man produces a few more iconic moments that are more emblematic of the 80s and are probably more associated with the 80s. So I am going to give my vote to Rain Man here. Rain Man's got another vote. Nikki, did your husband get this right? (laughs) I mean, he's not right about a lot of things, but I think he's right about this. Um you know, wait, 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 wait. Say that again. Say that again. You're being recorded. You're aware of this, right? <laughs> he's not used to me used to hearing that he's right. Um, well, I, but I, I have to echo. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, like it's 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 nothing against Gandhi because I it is a good movie. I, I admit it's just too long for me. I can't those movies that are these three and a half hour movies. I just struggle with. I just can't keep my attention span going that long. Um, but I thought it was a beautiful movie. And, you know, Gandhi himself was such a, you know, an iconic um, hero in our lifetime. And just to see it depicted so well um, gives it so much credit. Um, But Rain Man, to me, if we're talking about just like 80s prestige films, classic films, I just think Rain Man has that iconic uh, presence. Um, Rain Man is, it still stands the test of time. I mean, it's still a pop culture type of movie too as well as being a prestigious film so um i just think it deserves the win here so i'm going with rain man rain man's got the vote scott well you know the one thing rain man has that gandhi doesn't is that uh the restaurant that little diner where the toothpick scene is done it Mm -hmm. was it was actually filmed at a place called pompilio's diner in newport kentucky and to this day there is a mural a base relief mural on the wall of the toothpick scene with the actual toothpicks from the scene bronzed and attached to the wall. (laughs) I'm not even kidding you. Um, Gandhi doesn't have that. So, um, (laughs) you know, he was just assassinated by someone who was one of his followers. You know, that's all he's got going for him. So, um, yeah, no, yeah, I agree. You know, Gandhi is, is a brilliant film. It really is. It's a stunning film. But, you know, someone said something, and, and, and I think if you're, if you're, it depends on who you're talking to. If you're talking to film critics about movies of the 1980s, yes, they're going to talk about Gandhi. They are going to mention it. Uh, but if you talk to just generic people in the universe uh, and you say movies of the 80s, they are going to say Rain Man. I mean, you're you're just you're just at ten out of ten people are going to probably say Rain Man. It's also it is a it is a lovely movie. They're both wonderful in it, and uh, everything's really kind of cool about it. Um, so Rain Man, Rain Man gets the vote. Jeremy, I, I will say I do think we got this right. Um, as hard as it is to say, uh, because Gandhi absolutely deserved the nod and absolutely deserved to be in the bracket. 
Um, I think it was mentioned earlier that, you know, they'd probably get somebody uh, of Indian descent to play Gandhi nowadays. Uh, ben Kingsley is of Indian is descent. Is of Indian descent. He is. Yeah. That's trick. Mm-hmm. Um, <gasps> as that was me that said that. And as I said it, something in my brain went, oh my gosh, I hope I've got this right. So I stand corrected. And thank you very much for correcting like really, that. Yes, yeah. uh, it was just because I, I wanted to get it out there because uh, I looked it up because I remembered hearing that. And I'm like, you know what? You said that. Now I'm, I got to think because there was something about, you know, you hear about, you know, uh, some of the older movies where it's like, oh, let's just you know put a white actor in this role. Um, the ironic part of this is uh, he was he was born Krishna Pandit Banji is his real name, mm-hmm. Ben Kingsley's real name. the The ironic part of it is he was a British Indian man. Yeah, <laughs> and the whole point is that he's he's playing the character leading the revolution to overthrow the British out of, to get him out of India. Um, but uh, I thought it was important to bring up that they actually Hollywood did in fact for the most part, get it right on that casting. Um, they did have somebody who was of Indian descent playing the role. His father uh, was born in, even though it was what is modern day Kenya, I forget what it was called now, but he was in an Indian family. They were there for other reasons. Um, but he was of Indian descent. And I, I said, I think that's important to the role. I think maybe that helped him really get into it and give the performance he did, even though he is a phenomenal actor. I think there is some history there. Um, with that said, uh, I'm just talking for time at this point because I love Rain Man. Uh, it is, I have nothing bad to say about the movie. Uh, it, it's one of those, it'll kick you right in the feels uh, again. So will Gandhi, uh, but for different reasons. And for me, it comes down to, like I said, if I'm having trouble choosing between two movies, I'm going to go with which one, if it's put in front of me, do I want to watch like at any, at any point? I have to be in the mood for Gandhi. I have to be like, oh, I'm just in this weird historical mood today. I want to see something on history. Um, I'm going to watch Gandhi because it's a good historical film. Rain Man is a film that it'll make you feel happy. It'll make you feel sad. It'll make you feel frustrated. You want to wring Tom Cruise's neck. Um, but the next moment, you know, you get some redemption in there. And uh, it, it's just a good all around movie. And uh I'm going to, since Rain Man is already moving on, I'm going to give Gandhi a nod because of how fantastic of a film it is. But that's the that that's the reason why. If it came down to me having to choose, I would probably lean uh, Rain Man. But I do think Gandhi deserves a vote uh, because it is a fantastic film. Well, Gandhi picks up the sympathy vote, but we are moving on as is Rain Man. Rain Man's in the final four. We're moving on to the next half of our next part of our Elite Eight. This is going to be Mike kicking us off. Mike, the other play in game, the 15 seed of color purple, took out my left foot in the last portion of the bracket going against the Elephant Man, the seven seed, which took out Hannah and her sisters. The choice is yours. Oh, it sure is. And I, I am absolutely going to make a choice. <laughs> I don't know, though. Good grief. You know, I know that I I know that I voted for my left foot over over the color purple last time, but I think I said I, I my um, I guess my sort of catchphrase in the previous episode was by the narrowest of margins because that that's really what we're down to at this point. We're 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 down to nothing but great films, and and I I don't know it's it's difficult to make this decision because. As I mentioned, the color purple was one that I finally got around to watching uh, very recently. Last night, as a matter of fact, uh, but fantastic movie. The direction, the fan, the it, the acting, everything, the story. Uh, 
Jeremy had talked about the, doing the Pulitzer Prize Challenge. I the color purple has been on my reading list for a while, and I've never, I haven't gotten around to reading it. Uh, but but just seeing the movie made me want to read it that much more, just to see. Uh, you know, he he said that it seemed like it translated very well the film, which makes me happy. But the story is extremely profound and and handled ex- extremely well. I was reading up on this a little bit after we watched it last night. And one of the things that I thought was when I was watching The Color Purple was how bold it was to de- de- the depiction in the '80s. No, knowing how things were in the '80s, uh, uh, I thought it was. I thought that the depiction of the the you know lesbian relationship between Suge and Celia was. I thought that was fairly bold. And as it turns out, like there was actually criticism that it, that it was shortchanged. So, which, which, which also makes sense really, because I, I, as I can only imagine based on what the book probably says, but there was just, there were certain things in that movie that did seem, did seem very much ahead of their time. I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, and elephant man is a movie that I saw a longer time ago. And so it's had, I've had a lot more time to marinate on it. And I, I really like that movie as well. These, these are both great movies, man. Um, I'll put on both of these movies again, anytime, like, like I, I won't say anytime. I, I definitely have to be in the mood for both of these movies because they're both difficult watches in different ways. But I think that, I think that if I was going to put, if I was going to show one of these movies, uh, I forget, I forget who said it last time, but, but about how elephant man really does, it doesn't feel like an eighties movie. It really feels like it was made in the thirties, which is it, which in one sense is a testament to the, to the direction and to the acting. But in another sense, it, it almost makes it like, is this, you know, where if this is an eighties movie bracket, I'm rambling because I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm, I think I'm leaning slightly towards the color purple. I think if I'm going to put on a movie and say, this is a, this is a great movie from the 1980s and it, it showcases a lot of what the 1980s had to offer from a drama prestige perspective, color purple. There it is again, by the narrowest of margins. These are both great films, but that's what that's going to get the edge for me. All right. Mike's got the color purple moving on. Nikki, what do you think? <sighs> Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, both of these movies have, I mean, they're, they're, they're different, but that yet they're kind of rooted in the same thing about just being treated inhumanely and, you know, Absolutely. being so apart from the world. I mean, you know, both of these characters are isolated and, you know, there's so much, there's so much that they're dealing with internally. Um, so I think that there's a lot of similarities in them in a way um but then at the same time they're just such different films to watch i mean you have elephant man which is this black and white and then you have color purple which is this very sprawling you know beautiful cinematic film so it's 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 interesting how it's it's an interesting matchup and there's there it's it is it's hard because they're very they're different but yet there's a lot of similarities um I think Elephant Man. I mean, for me, it's 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 just a it's just a sad. It's just so sad, and it's it's that's tough for me. I mean, yes, there is some moments, but it's just overall this kind of heartbreaking, very very sad story. Um, 
where color purple, I, I think there's some flaws in it. There's some things with the storyline that I got, you know, somewhat lost in it or maybe weren't necessary, but it, Overall, I just felt like there was more of an arc, you know, finding the, finding herself um, than Elephant Man, where I just felt like it was all tragic. Um, so I think I'm going to go for the color purple. I do think overall, two, it's the more iconic film. If, if I, I think more if you are going to ask people an 80s film, most people are going to say or at least heard of the color purple. I don't know if Elephant Man is as widely watched or... Um, I mean, maybe I could be wrong. It's very early 80s. I think Elephant Man was like 1980. <laughs> so um, it's a little bit older in that sense. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with Color Purple. Color Purple is up 2-0. Scott? Uh, yeah, it is a tough choice because they're both really wonderful films. Um, just really quickly about The Elephant Man, um, the makeup. Let's just talk about that for a second. Um, it was... It was um, they didn't know what to do. So what they finally wound up doing is it was done from actual casts of Merrick's body. Um, so that the, what you, we, you know, when we talk about things that were, that they didn't get right in the movie, like even his name and stuff like that, what he looks like in the movie, that's exactly what Merrick looked like in, in, in reality. And so that was extraordinary that they went to that length. The makeup was so tortuous. It took seven or eight hours for it to be applied to John Hurt and took two hours just to take off because they had to do it painstakingly to take it off. And he had to work every other day. He could not work every day with that. He And um, it's famous. There's a famous thing that he said to his girlfriend at the time. He said, they finally made me hate acting. Because <laughs> they did it, um, but more importantly, that that all being said about the makeup, um, the 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 movie was nominated for eight Academy Awards, but it was not nominated for best makeup. Does anybody know why? There was no category. The category didn't simply exist. Huh. And so because of this movie, the industry was outraged. They're like, how do we honor this movie? We the, it, it, it should win Best Makeup, but there is no category. And so the category was invented because huh. of this movie. And for 10 cents, what was the first movie then the next year to win it? Oh, 81. Makeup. Makeup. It was set in London, and it's an American who visits. It's American Werewolf in London. Oh yeah, okay. oh. the Oscar for best makeup, but it has this movie to thank for that category to exist. So I just think that's a lovely little piece of trivia of the movie. Um, Hell yeah! That being said, um, the color purple is wonderful. You know, it's funny that we we mentioned you know Seeley's character, uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character. Every character has a revelation. Whoopi oh, yeah. Goldberg is beaten down beaten down her character is beaten down and there's a dinner scene where she can't even talk anymore that's how beaten down she is by life by the husband by everything and she finally finds her voice right that scene is so brilliant when she finally speaks back up and becomes and then she starts eating everything at the table (laughs) um the whole you know the whole reason yes it's her name spelled backwards but harpo is her thing because the her husband's character name is harpo in the movie, it's her name spelled backwards, but that also that was why her production company is called Harpo. So um, the movie is extraordinary for her in a way. It really launched her in a in a way that was bigger than what she was. Um, 
yeah, I, I agree with what was said. I think the color purple, you know, Elephant Man's wonderful, and it probably has one of the most iconic lines of the 20th century film. I am not an animal. I am a human being, which was even made fun of by Leslie Nielsen in, I think, uh, one of the police of squad movies. Um, but um, I'm going to go with the, the color purple as much as I love the Elephant Man. Color Purple's got its third vote. It's moving on. Jeremy, what are your thoughts? When it comes to the Elephant Man, um, as everybody else has already alluded to, it's not a feel-good movie. Um, it's a very downer of a movie. There are a couple parts in there that, that like I said, do stick with you, uh, particularly uh, basically his pep talk from uh, Anthony Hopkins' character uh, and John Hurt uh, playing the main character in that. I love John Hurt. Um, he's a another phenomenal actor or was, I should say, rest in peace. Um, Their performances in that movie really make it Um, on top of the makeup. Like I was mentioned um, again, I'm hit or miss with David Lynch. He is a uh, interesting uh, director, makes some interesting choices. And uh, some people are really into all that. For me, like I said, it's hit or miss. Uh, but I think this movie was definitely a hit out of the park for him um, as far as it goes. Again, not feel good, but a good, good film. Great film, even. Um, but then there's the color purple, the color purple, which it's up against. Uh, I can't say enough good things about this movie. It is it, it's again, not a very feel good movie at most parts, but there is some redemption and. Uh, just like the novel, you just, you can't read it or you can't see the movie without really feeling feelings and really feeling what the character's going through. Um, it, it It's rough, it, but it shows some just true to life stuff that, uh, you know, people had to go through, particularly people of color uh, in the, in the era that it's in. And it's an eye opening movie. It deserved every award it was up for. Um, it is the, in my opinion, the biggest Oscar snub of all time, uh, for the most part. And uh, it, it's getting my vote. Uh, I think it is the superior film in this category. And a little too, little too late there, Jeremy. But uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna see what. Eh, let's check it with Natalie for the color purple. I voted for the color purple. Oh, I had you written off the elephant man. I apologize. Nope. Nope, nope. I would have like two little too late. I thought the color purple had already won. I'm just my apologies. Natalie, do we have a full minutes. sweep here? Uh, yeah, look, I think that we do. Uh, I think it was, what, Jeremy, when you said um, that, I can't remember the exact word used, but essentially not a feel-good movie. I think it was about 15 minutes into watching this that I was like, I really wish I'd been put on the comedy bracket. This is tough going. <laughs> it, was like, it was intense, but... But just an excellent watch, as was The Elephant Man. I think they're both very, very special movies. Um, probably The Colour Purple, it, it, there is more to it, I guess. There's more elements. It's a bigger cast. It's a, a bigger story, a, a more vast kind of picture. Uh, so, yeah, I think that I think that it didn't get any of those 11 Oscars that it probably deserved. But hopefully it getting a sweep here on Bruzy Bracketology will soften that blow perhaps a little bit. So, yeah, I'll give it my vote as well. All right, Color Purple is definitely moving on to the final four. It's time to pick our last final four film. We're going to kick this one over to Nikki. Nikki, you've got the 14 seed Dead Poet Society. It beat out the three seed of the right stuff. 
Then you've got the 11 seed ordinary people, which barely eked out a win over on Golden Pond. Over to you. All right, I I need to rewatch Ordinary People because I don't know. I think we watched it. We were watching a bunch of Oscar films, and we watched it late at night. Maybe I'm just not remembering something. So I didn't even remember the ending. Um, I mean, I do remember. I, I do remember it being, you know, so much about the grief and just the family dealing with it and. Just how I, I can't imagine what they were going through and everybody having to go through that. And we're all going to do it in such different ways. So I think I remember doing a great job with that. And I am a huge fan of Robert Redford on or off camera, no matter what. Um, and then Dead Poet Society for me is it is it's just kind of this nostalgia movie for me. I I grew up watching it. I grew up loving it. Um so I think for me, I'm going to pick Dead Poet Society, but I, I do want to give Ordinary People another shot because I feel like maybe I didn't appreciate it. Um, I need to to try it again. Dead Poet Society has got its first vote going next over to, to uh, Scott. Uh, sure. Uh, the, these are tough for me. I love both these movies. But, you know, um, something uh, Natalie said earlier about being uh i'm sorry i'm gonna get your title wrong your clinical what a psychiatrist psych no. clinical psychologist psychologist yes okay yeah um so um it was purposely done uh, the judd hirsch scenes as the doctor uh you know um especially the cathartic scene they purposely wrote it so it didn't feel forced or or or, or didn't feel just jargony you know they wanted to avoid that and so they let timothy hutton judd hirsch only had a few like uh, weeks he was filming the, the television show taxi at the time and he yeah. would only do the movie if they allowed him just to be able to shoot his part in three weeks so he wouldn't miss his work on taxi. And so, but they worked on it so that those scenes did not feel forced or feel like hokey that uh, like other psychology movies had in the past. They wanted Timothy Hutton to gradually come to this and get to this point where he, and it, and, and it's funny when you really watch the movie, you realize he it, it's, it's, I think something Mike said, it's not so much about getting over it. That that's not what it is. It was, forgiving himself it was not his fault but he would could not let go of that because his brother was such an asshole to him he hated him and loved him at the same time and he couldn't get over that hurdle of feeling both emotions at the same time for someone who was dead and i think that was what kind of was a twist in a way that it wasn't just oh i have to get over that you know the death of my brother it wasn't just simply that so um you know i think and of course the death of the the girl that he had formed a uh, bond with who, who kills herself that forces him into this place too where he has to examine what 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 is life like what what exactly i'm only whatever year old and of course timothy hutton won the academy award for this let's not forget that he was very young to win this it was very exciting that he won it um and uh, his just briefly a shout out to his father jim hutton who was a wonderful wonderful actor who died when he was only like 40 years old um so when this movie came out, Mary Tyler Moore's own son had committed suicide. Um, this happened after the wrapping of the movie, but when they were promoting the movie. So that was kind of a weird a twist of fate that actually happened to her in real life as this movie was in her life. So that was kind of odd. Um, and I agree, it's extraordinary. That all being said, <coughs> ordinary people as wonderful as it is, and I love it. Um, 
to me, Dead Poet Society is just a, a special movie of, on so many levels. You could just say it's special because of Robin Williams being in it. He gives such a performance in it that it's extraordinary. You can say it's special because unknown actors who, boy, did they take a chance. <laughs> let's take a chance. <laughs> Robert Sean Leonard, Ethan Hawke has never been in a movie. Let's just take, let's take a chance on these kids. Um, there's actually a, a few of the students who are in the movie who they were just they were, they're not actors. They're just they were just <laughs> students. The, the big tall dumb kid. He's not an actor. He's just the big tall dumb kid who they they was on the set and they put in the movie. Um, so you know they really lucked out with all that. And so um, and plus it's just beautifully filmed and beautifully written and the score and it's Peter Weir who let's talk about the director. One of my favorite. Uh, he's Australian, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite uh, directors and. Uh, uh, so for me, yeah, sorry, Dead Poet Society wins the day for me. Carpe, <laughs> Dead Poet Society is up two nil. Jeremy, we're going to you, sir. So, uh, I, and I said it uh, on the last uh, last recording. Um, Ordinary People is a film I have seen one time. Um, never felt the need to go back and rewatch it. Maybe it was because it was such a downer, and I watched it. I was probably about eighteen. I was a teenager and it just, maybe it's just not what I wanted to see. You know, it, it was kind of a downer movie at the time. Um, but that's not to um, shoot down the wonderful performances in the movie. Like I said, Donald Sutherland, Mary Tyler Moore, Judd Hirsch. Um, and it's a Robert Redford film. It really speaks to his brilliance of what he can do as a um, director. Uh, and I love his movies. He's in, uh, he's just a, all around fantastic actor and director. And I, I don't know what else to say about that. Like I feel bad because of what I'm going to say after this, uh, ordinary people is a great movie. I need to go back and rewatch it. I need to give it another chance. Um, but again, it's up against dead poet society. <laughs> and the funny thing is I saw that for the first time around the same time. And I have rewatched this movie many, many times over the years. Um, it, it it's got its uh, you can't it's one of those movies you can't watch and say that you didn't at least get choked up even if you have no emotion you get choked up at a few scenes in this movie um i remember the um i can't remember the actor's name now it's driving me nuts um red red foreman kerwood smith. smith thank you um as uh robert sean leonard's dad neil's dad uh coming in and just like berating him and just some of the stuff, it, it just, sometimes it hits a little close to home at the time. And you know, it was one of those that, uh, the movie resonates with me on so many levels. And then you have the Robin Williams character of uh, John Keating, who just, you know, he comes in, he loves what he does. And in his own way, he loves these kids. He loves this class. He loves to lift them up and try to just teach them to live the best life they can. Do follow your passions. Carpe diem, seize the day. And uh, I, th- again, this is one of the few movies I, I don't know if I have anything bad to say about. It is, in my eyes, one of those close to perfect films. And I, 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 would be doing a disservice to the movie to vote for ordinary people on this, uh, just because of how much I love Dead Poets Society. Uh, again, that's not a stab at ordinary people. It's a thing for me. I I just 
enjoy this movie so much that I I, I, I don't want to feel like I'm talking bad about the other movie because it is, in its way, a, a very good film. But Dead Poet Society is getting my vote. Dead Poet Society picks up its third vote. Natalie, over to you. I, I feel like this is just a little luxurious moment because I can't be unhappy that Dead Poet Society is going through. I, I think it's an amazing movie and I was fairly confident that's where that's how it was going to land. But I get to throw a vote to ordinary people just to to give it the credit that that I think it deserves as well. So um, it's it's kind of nice to have no pressure uh, and to be able to talk about both of them. And and again, similar to what you just said, Jeremy, a vote for Dead Poet Society I think doesn't have to be a vote against ordinary people. But Dead Poet Society is is a very very special film. And and if we're going to go on the logic that I used earlier, which is the one that people are going to talk about. Um, certainly it, it has its place in in pop culture, I guess. It feels funny saying pop culture with such a serious <laughs> such a serious film. But, um, yeah, no, I will give my vote to Ordinary People because I think it, it, it deserves a vote, but more than happy with how this is turning out. Ordinary People is going to pick up a vote. Next pick here, last pick of the Elite Eight goes to Mike. Damn it, Chris. It's Nawanda. sorry i was i was i was hoping you'd set me up for it no uh so uh, jeremy made a great point about giving ordinary people second chance a lot of this and and this is what makes this whole 80s movie experience and on all of this uh this whole mega bracket thing so interesting is a lot of it comes down to re-watching because most of these movies or a lot of these movies, a lot of us have seen multiple times and ordinary people was a movie that I saw the first time. And I was like, that was a, that was a good movie and I enjoyed it. And I didn't necessarily think about it. And then uh, as Nikki alluded to, we rewatched it together, her for the first time. And it was my second viewing when we were trying to go through the best pictures and that goal I don't want to say fell by the wayside, but just got kind of sidetracked by the whole, oh, hey, now we're going to, now we have kids thing and we're exhausted all the time. Ordinary people resonated with me a lot more the second time. And in the previous matchup, I said on Golden Pond was forgettable to me. And I think that was, that was a disservice to that film because I remember really enjoying that film. And I think I would probably get more out of it out of a second watch, but that was a period in my life when I was watching so many freaking movies <laughs> that they all started to blend together out after a while. So that, that being said, dead poet society is a movie I have seen multiple times. And I saw it at just the right point in my life. I think where it, it connected with me in a very profound and deep way I think we got this one right. Uh, when I was looking at at this bracket overall, I was like, "Dead Poet Society is a is a low seed," and I understand, I understand why from a you know a seeding place and Rotten Tomatoes and a critics and everything like that that it might not be quite as highly seeded. I think it's going to make a deep run, and it has. It's made it to the final four. I'll be curious to see where it goes, but it gets my vote as well. Well, our panelists have decided Rotten Tomatoes be damned. Your final four is going to be a, four, a 13, 14, 15, and 16 seeds. <laughs> <laughs> the four lowest seeds coming in are your final four. We're going to start off in the left-hand side of the bracket, the 16 seed against the 13 seed. 16 seed Steel, Magnolia is 13 seed Rain Man. And this one we're going to start off with 
Hmm. Who would be a good person to start off with here? Let's go to Scott. Oh, dear Lord. (laughs) Uh, No pressure. No pressure. (laughs) Millie is in Rain Man. All right, let's just watch them together now and see what we think. Um, Gosh. Um, Well, you know, again, we don't have to labor too much. I I love them both. And I I think, though, you know, it's funny. I, I just saw them both by accident. I've seen them many times, both of them. I've probably seen Steel Magnolias literally dozens of times. Um, and I've probably seen Rain Man probably a dozen times. So, And I just watched it again. Um, and I captivated him from beginning again. But one thing we should talk about, we talked a little bit earlier about and Ben Kingsley and, and Gandhi. You have to realize there was also some controversy of Dustin Hoffman playing a a disabled person. Now in the original script, he was, uh, he was actually disabled. He they, they actually went further than what it was just, uh, he was like mentally ill. And Dustin Hoffman said he would not play that. He would only play it if he was autistic and that, 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 you know, that that was what it was and that it wasn't as severely disabled as, as, what originally was in the script and the, he fought with the, they weren't originally going to do that. <laughs> they didn't want to do that. Um, but Dustin Hoffman prevailed cause he's Dustin Hoffman <laughs> yeah. and, um, and he prevailed right to an Academy award, but it was also a time you have to realize you also had, we, we you know, um, my future husband, Daniel day Lewis playing a cerebral palsy person Winning the it was suddenly you won an Academy Award if you were playing someone who was disabled, and that happened quite often in a row <laughs> in like the eighties and nineties. You know, so um, <laughs> there was there was a bit of controversy about that. So that being said, though, I think when you pull back from it and and what it really did was help people to f- more fully. And now that you can you can agree or disagree with what I'm going to say here, more fully maybe begin to understand autism. So in other words, it was a way in for people who never even may have heard of it or even understood what it was at all, or just thought it was some weird thing that it was a human being there. (laughs) There's a human being there who, who, you know, who has, you know, whatever this is going on. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to go with Rain Man. Rain Man's got the first pick. Uh, Jeremy going to you next. That was just, very, very well said, Scott. Um, there's a lot to be said, you know, looking back and doing a debate on who should have played some of these roles. Um, but I do feel, uh, and there was a big uh, boost in the you know, raising funds and understanding of autism because of Rain Man. Um, it's a fantastic film. Uh, Dustin Hoffman just the way he played <laughs> played that role um uh, he became the character and it speaks volumes that you know he earned the the best actor role for or the best actor uh for it and uh deservedly so uh again tom cruise in this movie uh really pisses you off at the beginning uh it evokes emotion <laughs> to say the least um but there's a lot of movies where they're good movies, but there's not a ton of character development. And I, I say, this is the opposite of that. I think his character develops really, really well over the movie. It was brilliantly written. Um, 
and he, you know, knocked it out of the park. Um, looking at Steel Magnolias, again, fantastic film. Sally Field, Dolly Parton, Shirley MacLaine, Daryl Hannah. It is uh, <laughs> just a list of A-list um, actresses and actors in this movie that put on a fantastic performance. Uh, God, it, it's hard when it gets to this round because uh, I, think the, I, I think it's the right four choices. And it's a really, really hard choice to make. Um, but it comes down to which one am I going to choose to watch? Well, after this bracket, all, all of these, again, to recap, especially the ones I, I did not give a fair shot to in the past. Um, but I'm actually looking forward to watching Rain Man again. I haven't uh, seen it in a few years, and uh, it's going to get my vote Uh Steel Magnolia is going to be right after, though, because I think I'm probably going to go backwards through this, except for, as I will say before, I am definitely going to be watching My Left Foot next. Um, it's something that strikes very close to home now that I know that it's about having a friend that was impacted by cerebral palsy growing up and the straight up shit he went through in life because of it, um, particularly from other people. Um, so, yeah, uh, Rain Man's going to get my vote. That's all I have to say about that. It's... Uh, Move right along. Rain Man is close to moving into the championship game. Natalie, are we going to put it there? Or are we giving a vote to Steel Magnolias? It, it's been ringing in my ears what you said, Mike, about Steel Magnolias, how sometimes in the same scene your emotions are switching. And I, I remember a moment, I think I think it's after the funeral, they're walking through the cemetery. I can't remember the joke, but I remember you like literally crying and then burst out laughing instantly. And I think that's that's a pretty difficult thing to do and very, very special. Um, so my vote certainly won't be a vote against Steel Magnolias, but my vote is going to be a vote for Rain Man. I think it's it's just really quite different to to anything else that we've seen and and I agree the way that the autism issue was handled was was done very respectfully it wasn't overdone it wasn't underdone I feel that that was done very very well and and that scene where Tom Cruise's character pieces together that Raymond is the rain man and that all sort of comes together in his mind and they have that moment it's just yeah that that that's also very very hard to achieve I think that that kind of moment so as much as I love Steel Magnolia's wholeheartedly my vote goes to rain man rain man has its third vote it's moving to the championship game but i want to hear from everybody mike we're going to you natalie it's funny you mentioned the scene and the scene where they're walking through the cemetery right after the funeral because at, like you i cannot remember the specific line or the specific moment because i've only seen the movie one time and it is a movie that i I would enjoy revisiting and I hope to revisit at some point, but that was exactly the type of thing that I was remembering in a, in a, a non-specific way when I was conjuring up the concept of you're, you're super sad. And yet there's this, this moment of levity. And I, I think that that Can is I interject a, what it is. It's, it's here, hit this. Here, hit it's, this. Here, hit oh, this. that's right. That's right. Here, hit this. Everything was way too dark. 
darn serious and we got to all laugh. Here. Thank you. Thank you. I could I could I could not I could not remember exactly but I do but I did Knock remember her that. lights out, Malin. This is your one everyone wants to take a shot at Weezer. This is your one chance. <laughs> I, it, it, yeah, it, it is. It's. Yeah, I only directed it twice. I, 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 I don't know what you are. That's such a great scene. I love it. No, and it was. It was. It was. It was a great scene for that. For 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 that reason, and and many others. I think, and I think that is very true to life. The way that that scene is depicted, and the way that the way that 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 movie is, the 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 constant vacillations between shit. We have it in our in our life every freaking day with it with our kids and everything like that right the constant vacillations between laughter and like soul crushing heartbreak and everything in between it's it's extremely well done in steel magnolias uh in my opinion it's it's also it's also uh done more from maybe a little bit more from an audience perspective necessarily than on celluloid necessarily but it's it's done in rain man as well both of these movies do a very good job of having very comedic moments and very heartbreaking and dramatic moments uh i have i i honestly wasn't entirely sure which way i was going to go here i i was leaning towards rain man uh i'll still give my vote to rain man because i have a sneaky suspicion at least my my wife will make sure it's not a sweep i think i think we made the right choice or i think it's very very close these are both great films if anybody is listening has not seen either of these films or has written them off for any number of reasons uh i would highly recommend both of them because they're just they're just thoroughly enjoyable they tug at the heartstrings they also tickle the funny bone in the right places they're great movies uh but yeah rain rain man i think probably the right choice here but both great movies rain man's got a fourth vote nikki yeah i mean i don't i can't complain about either of these movies being up here i mean i think they're both fantastic films um rain man uh definitely deserves to be moving on and in this bracket um I am going to throw my vote to Steel Magnolia. It's it's a personal favorite of mine. Um, again, you know, so much of it is just the characters. I just love um, every single character in that movie. And it's just, you know, such a... It's a true testament to, to family and everything, but it's also just such a true testament to women friendships and, like, the the these women together, all what they're dealing with. And just, you know, that friendship and that bond that forms for all of them. Um, you know, because it's kind of, if you if you told people the plot of Stem Magnolias, it's about these women in, in a, you know, hair salon. It's just, yeah, I think that's what I said. It's like, always, you know, they have a hair, you know. That's Mike, what I was Mike alluding was like, to. I was I like, why do I want to watch but this? But it is Love very it. much, yeah. you know, not, yes, it's about a bunch of women, but I, I feel like it's not a, it, it transcends that. Um, so... Uh, I definitely I'm glad that a 16 seeds made it so far. So um, it deserved to be there. So I'm going to throw my vote to Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias picks up its lone vote. Rain Man is into the championship game. It's time to pick what Rain Man is going to be going up against. Jeremy, we're starting with you. Fuck. The 15 seed, the color purple, the 14 seed, Dead Poet Society. Take us away. I hate you for this. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, welcome to the party, pal. Yep. I, I almost wish these were on separate sides of the bracket, uh, to be honest. I love both of these films for 
their own reasons. Um, God. This is literally going to be probably the hardest decision I've had all night. Um, As I said before, the color purple is just a brilliant movie. Um, It's a One of the, you know, you run into a lot of things where like, oh, the book's better than the movie. Well, it, it is, but at the same time, the movie actually does the book justice uh, in this case, which is, uh, that's hard to say sometimes. So I was, oh, the movie's great. The book was great, but the, for their own reasons, like it just, they're not the same thing. Um, this movie really does a good job of evoking, uh, following the story and evoking the emotions and everything that happens in the book. And it is one of the greatest movies of all time in my eyes. With that said, it's up against one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Dead Poets Society. And this is really, really, really hard, but I'm not going to just keep talking for time here. I am going to give my vote to Dead Poet Society because I think, again, when it comes down to which one do I want to sit down and watch at any given moment, I have to be in the right frame of mind to watch The Color Purple. Uh, whereas The Dead Poet Society, you throw it on, I'm going to watch it um, anytime, any place, And that is why it's getting my vote. I think that makes it just, in my eyes, a slightly better movie because it is that much incredibly more rewatchable. Um, the color purple is not, not to again, not a, it's not a vote against the color purple because it deserves to be here. Um, I'm going to be fine if either of these movies move on, uh, to be honest. Uh, it's just a very hard choice, but I'm going to go with the one that I would rather watch on any day of the week and give it to dead poet society. All right. Natalie, you got a one nil lead for dead poet society. It's over to you. Okay. Uh, I've been, very happy to vote for the color purple all the way through and i think i have it's gotten my vote each step of the way so far that being said dead poet society is um is the one for me that's that's going to take me away from voting for color purple again not anything against color purple but i just think dead poet society is is enthralling the performances are wonderful. The you you don't look away from the screen. You don't look to see how much longer there is to go. You don't care how much longer there is to go. You're just there for the ride wherever it's taking you. So same thing. I won't talk just for the sake of talking. Dead Poet Society has my vote. Two nil, Dead Poet Society. Let's bring this one over to Mike. So I believe, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't want to harp on the the Academy Awards thing too much, but the color purple lost to out of Africa, I believe in the Academy Awards for best picture out of Africa got a passing mention by one or two panelists in the play in game and the color purple has made it to the final four. And I think that in, in our bracket, and I, I think that, I think we've remedied the Academy's misstep there because I do think the color purple is the better film among those. The color purple has advanced this far for a reason. It is a very 
watchable film. I was, it's not a, it's not a enjoyable film by any stretch of the imagination because there are a lot of difficult parts, but it's very beautifully shot. It's incredibly well acted. Uh, it's, it's got a lot of things going for it. The story is, is heartbreaking and uplifting and all of these things all in one measure. And I do think it's a great film. I'm glad it made it this far, but I am in agreement with uh, Jeremy and Natalie in the sense of dead poet society is a film that I've revisited time and time again. It's, it's very inspiring and it is very, um, it's, it's just, I, th- I think it's the more, I hate to use the word iconic because that word I think seems to be bandied about a lot, but it, it is very much a movie that I think is, uh, has emerged with a life of its own and is, and is still talked about. A lot of that has to do with Robin Williams's performance, but uh, the other actors that play the kids are great too. Uh, just, and, and discovering the, discovering themselves and that whole coming of age thing and having, having somebody there. Unfortunately, I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to have a couple of, of teachers that, that inspired, inspired me in similar, similar ways, not to the degree, but, uh, definitely, uh, uh, had great teachers that made me look at things in new and interesting ways. It really plays up, uh, the, the power of that. And it, it's just a film that has always resonated with me. And I think it's a film I'll rewatch over and over again. Color Purple, also a fantastic film, as everyone else has said. This is by no means against, a vote against the Color Purple. Uh, it's just that Dead Poet Society is nearer and dearer to my heart. So it gets my vote. All right, Dead Poet Society has got another vote. Nikki, we're bringing this over to you. Uh, again, it's it's it, it's so hard with these movies when it comes down to this, because they're just such different films too. I mean, like I, I just, they're so totally different scales. I mean, color purple is this sort of like gripping epic with these beautiful shots and, you know, tons of cast and just, it, it's just such visually, I, I think, I just think of that scene, you know, that I, I guess it's the kind of the iconic shot of the silhouette of Whoopi Goldberg in, in the seat after she was young. And I don't know, like for some reason that oh, shot yeah. is just like iconic. Um, even if you've never seen the movie, you just, I feel like you know that shot. Um, and then Dead Poet Society is kind of the smaller film, but it's done so well and has such great characters that I think, you know, you don't necessarily need that, that large scale. Um, I mean, ultimately, I mean, I'm in agreement. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my vote to Dead Poet Society. I think simply because it is also just the movie I would rather watch again. Overall, Color Purple is something that you know I'm not gonna just be like, oh, I really feel like watching the Color Purple tonight on most, on most occasions because it's, it's just a, it's a hard film to watch. Um, and 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 there were, there are some things about Color Purple that, um. I don't know. There, there were some plot points and everything like that in, in the movie. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a perfect film. Um, where I think maybe Dead Poet Society gets closer because of of all just the way it's presented. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Dead Poet Society. But again, I, I think Color Purple is a brilliant film. All right, we are one step away from a sweep. Scott, going to you. 
Sure. And again, like everyone said, they're both really brilliant. And I agree, uh, you know, voting for one is not really voting against the other. <laughs> it just isn't. You're just uh, these as movie lovers uh, that these are movies I, I would watch both again if they were on. <laughs> I would just watch them um, because I just really enjoy and get so much out of them as just film. You know, um, you know, one thing, you know, I like to talk about the the people who create the things. And we talked about Peter Weir. Um, he, the, the music of Dead Poets Society is by Maurice Jarre, who, uh, for those of you out there who don't know who he is, find out. He wrote the music scores for every David Lean film from Dr. Shivago to Lawrence of Arabia uh, to Passage to India. But he also wrote all most of the music for the Peter Weir films. He wrote the music to Witness. He wrote the music for Dead Poets Society and many others. So he, he's quite an amazing uh, composer. Composer, and it's uh, uh, that the music. If you really think of Dead Poets Society, you hear that music in your head. That kind of that riff down the uh, ding, that music that goes behind everything, and it's very evocative of an era and of a feeling and, and all that. So the creators of the movie are brilliant. That is not to say the creators of the color purple weren't brilliant either, because it's no less than Quincy Jones and Steven Spielberg, little, <laughs> little known, little known people in the industry, uh, making an independent film on the sly. Um, you know, no, they, you know, Spielberg really, uh, you know, I think it was too much wrongly maligned at the time, and like we said, I think there's a newfound appreciation for the color purple, which is all well and good. Um, there were probably uh, the eighties were my era. That's when I was growing up, from being a teen to being an adult. So um, there were many movies that really shaped me. I had a British mother, so um, uh, the Chariots of Fire is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, the whole Brideshead Revisited thing—I couldn't get enough of that. I was uh, addicted to Brideshead Revisited, uh, the the original television series, and um, but the. <laughs> The one American movie that really shaped me and molded me and stuck with me and I've seen a million times is Dead Poets Society because it just means so much to me because that's – I wasn't in boarding school, but that was my life. I was someone who wanted to do something different and people didn't understand. You know, the father you know, is so traumatic to me in this. I could never watch that 70s show. Because I couldn't get over him, what he did to Neil in Dead Poets, I couldn't get over it. Because I literally, I'm telling you, they carried me out of the movie <laughs> in the basket case. I was completely wiped out by the Dead Poets Society. So Dead Poets Society for me. Well, Dead Poets Society just swelled its way into the championship game. We've got one pick left. Natalie, you're picking here, I believe. Okay. So just before I do that, I want to I just want to apologize again for my Ben Kingsley gaffe and particularly to you Chris given I said that on the last ep and it's only been corrected on this ep. I hope you don't get a bunch of emails in between uh broadcasting of the episodes <laughs> about that. So I do apologize well, for that. But to be clear though, he was British. He was yeah. he was Indian descent. <laughs> well, they, well that, that's that's what I meant. Born that's what I meant. York. <laughs> <laughs> Not too crazy about this. He was born in Britain. To be a and he made, if we were going to get emails, they would come from Scott. So they would come. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like pathetically telling you who he is. Well, and it was one of those where, like, I thought I'd heard that before, but it was one of those I even had to look it up in between the episodes. Like, I'm like, am I sure about that, or am I going to like? I, I, the reason I didn't say something is I'm like, I'm going to stick my foot in my mouth if I say something and I'm wrong. 
Um, so I'm going to look it up between. <laughs> yeah. He he could have helped a girl out and just kept his birth name. You know that that would have yeah, um, right. that would have really helped me <laughs> not make that mistake. But anyway, <laughs> so here we go: Rain Man versus Dead Poet Society. So interesting little story. When the bracket first arrived in my email, I was scanning it and my eyes landed on Rain Man, and I thought, oh. Oh, well, it's got to be Rain Man. And then I kept scanning and then I saw Dead Poets Society and thought, oh, hang on a sec. Oh, gosh, now I don't know. So in my opinion, I think we've landed in the exact right place, landed exactly where where my first glance suggested we would land. Um, that being said, I think it's a really, really, really hard decision. And I was starting, I've been sort of, listening and thinking and trying to work it out as as we've been going through this and and I started to write that I don't think I could split the films on any technical factors not that I have any technical expertise <laughs> to bring to this really anyway but then as I started to think about that I just kept seeing Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman kept popping up that their performances I think really really did stand out and I think that storyline is is very unique so I won't be upset with either way this goes. Um, but when I looked into to my brain and my heart, Rain Man was my answer. So Rain Man's getting my vote. Rain Man is up 1-0. Mike, log your last vote of this portion of the bracket. Pass. Okay, that's a vote for color. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> no, I was I was actually I was looking back and I went, oh man, oh man. I think this is a great final matchup and I voted against both of these in the first round. Uh, <laughs> I, I voted, yeah, uh, ran, ran over rain man because it had such an epic feel. I think it was a little bit of recency bias there too. Uh, and, uh, dead poets society. I think by the time it had arrived to me, I had already made that decision or the decision was already made and I had to throw right, the right stuff, something, uh, so I did vote against both of these in the first round, but I'm not at all upset that it ended up here other than now I got to make a fucking decision about it. And I, I wish it was easier, but I, th it's just not because these are both great films. <sighs> sort of, sort of similar to Natalie, but in the opposite direction, maybe uh, when I, when I think of, when I think of these movies and I, and I, I, I do, you, you do, you try and picture certain things from the movies. I picture, for example, as she alluded to Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman on the escalator riding down, you know, together. It's, it's, that's such a great shot. It's fantastic. But more than anything beyond that, it's the, and there's a lot of, there's a lot in this movie leading up to this final scene. And I, I, I don't want to just write the movie off to it, to its final scene, but that final scene of them when they climb up on their desk, Oh, captain, my captain. And this is, this is maybe a cheat a little bit, but I remember my grandfather and I remember him saying, it's not so much that I think I would have stood up on the desk if I was in that situation. But I remember him saying, I would have wanted to be the first one. He would have wanted, like wanted to be the Ethan Hawke character. The first, the first one to climb up on that desk and show his support for the teacher that had, that had molded them. I, there's, there's, 
there's there's something about that movie that I think connects across generations. I think because it's it's there there's just something about this whole idea of you don't have to go with the mainstream. You're you're allowed to think against the flow. You're allowed to approach things in a different way. That 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 more than anything else is what makes that movie resonate so much. I uh, for me, and so again, two great films. I won't be upset either way. This ends up happening, but uh, my vote is going to be to Dead Poets Society. Dead Poets Society ties it up at one. We're going to Nikki. Oh, I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is tough, guys. It's really tough because um, I love these films for very different reasons, and. Um, you know, I don't I don't really have a whole lot to say that hasn't already been said about both these films. I mean, they're they're both so so good. Um, you know, Dead Poet Society to me has sort of like has a little bit more of a nostalgia, I guess, pick for me in that sense. But then I'm I'm very picky with these brackets sometimes. I wanna know the categories and when I think drama and prestige, that prestige is getting to me because I'm like Rain Man won four out of the five Oscars. It's such a, it's just such an acclaimed film. We're not that, I mean, Dead Poet Society is, but it's sort of this underground, you know, hit. It was a sleeper movie. Um, so I, I, I think just because I am, I, I just have to go, what is the most, if you're going to vote for the most drama prestige movies of the eighties, I think Rain Man beats Dead Poet Society on prestige. So I'm going with Rain Man. Rain Man's got its second vote. Scott, we're going to you, sir. All right. Um, well, uh, you know, I'll harken back to a few things really quickly. Uh, the uh, character development of Tom Cruise, let's not forget that, how good that is in Rain Man. You know, he's he's a real jerk at the beginning, like you said. And then, you know, his last line is, you'll make it when it's 10 minutes to Wapner, and he says, you'll make it. And you believe him. You believe that through line of that character. It's really a, an extraordinary thing. Um, and Rain Man is a wonderful movie, and I agree with what we've said about it. And uh, I've certainly voted for it, I think, all the way through. Um, but I will have to... Uh, my vote can best be summed up in from the Oscar-winning screenplay from Tom Schulman in probably lines from a movie that have meant more to me than probably any other lines from a movie. We don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we're members of the human race, and the human race is filled with passion. And medicine, law, business, engineering, these are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life, but poetry, beauty, romance, love. These are what we stay alive for. To quote from Walt Whitman, O oh me, O oh life, of the questions of these recurring of the endless trains of the faithless, of cities filled with the foolish, what good amid these, O oh me, O oh life? Answer, that you are here, that life exists an identity, that the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse that the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. What will your verse be? So I picked Chariots of Fire. 
<laughs> Mike's like Amadeus. <laughs> Amadeus, right? With that, Dead Poet Society has tied us up two to two. Before we throw oh. it over to Jeremy, does anybody want to lodge a buzzer beater to try and sway him one way or another? I just want to say I'm so sorry, Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy, sorry, welcome Jeremy. to the show. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have another episode that comes out before this, but this is your first official recording with us as one of our official hosts. So we're going to put it in your more than capable. And Natalie, you got something you want to say? I was just going to say, don't they call this baptism by fire yes. or, or something yeah. like that? Nope. Isn't that one of those <laughs> terms that feels appropriate it about 100% does. But Jeremy, take us away, man. Where, where are we going? Jeremy, what uh, verse will you? <laughs> oh, there's the buzzer beater. <laughs> the buzzer okay. beater. Um, you don't have to because I'm not going to be swayed on this one. Um, I I love Rain Man. Uh, I really do. Uh, again, I've I've said everything I can about it right now. Just uh, everything down to the character development. It's just a brilliant movie. But just to show you how much Dead Poet Society uh, has really struck me over the years. Uh, Mike's talking about his grandpa and I'm over here tearing up um, just thinking about it. And then Scott reading probably the most powerful speech from the movie and I'm tearing up again, uh, you know, with some laughter in between, which is how we're talking about some of these other movies. Um, but Dead Poet Society has a very special place in my heart. and I think it always will. And I'm not just going to drown out about it. Um, I'm taking that opportunity and uh, seizing the day. Carpe diem. I have the opportunity to do it. And uh, Dead Poet Society is moving on. And we, Yop! we will see <laughs> Dead Poet Society in the main bracket. Holy crap. Woo! There's a lot wow. of drama. It's a lot of drama, a lot of prestige. <laughs> a lot of drama. <laughs> a lot of drama, a lot of prestige. <laughs> Little little light of the prestige. Oh man! Well, uh, to our panelists, so with, with, with so much drama in the PTE, it's kind of hard being boozy bracketology. And we're gonna end with that. Oh, See y'all later. A thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I, was gonna say, I thought it was good. It, it, was, it was good. Someone should have mic dropped there. Would have uh, said this a little bit of time, but I should have been dropped. Yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we we thank you for uh, for jumping on and staying with us. We had a whole hell of a lot of fun making these picks, although they were tough. They were tough. Uh, mm -hmm. We will see you next week with another episode of Boozy Bracketology. Uh, check the show notes if you want to support the show. Patreon, uh, Facebook, all that fun stuff right down in the show notes. But for the Boozy Bracketology podcast, I have been Chris. I'm Jeremy. I'm Natalie. I'm Mike. Nikki. I'm the future Mr. Daniel Day-Lewis, Scott. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, Scott, are you taking, how's the last name situation work? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> it's right. Who cares? I love it. I love it. We will see you all next week. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>